On Shabbos, we read the interesting halacha of Edim Zoymimim. The Torah tells us if two witnesses bear false testimony on another person, the halacha is, You shall do to him exactly what he intended to do to his fellow. The very same penalty which these false witnesses conspired to have imposed on their intended victim shall be imposed on the witnesses themselves. So for example, if witnesses came to Bezden and testified that Ruvain killed another person, and it turns out it was all a lie, they concocted the story to get Ruvain killed, the lache is, these false witnesses received the same consequence which they had attempted to inflict on their intended victim, and they are put to death. What if they testified that Ruvain is Chayv Malkus, that the Bezden must give him lashes because he violated the mitzvah in the Torah, then their punishment is lashes. What if they schemed for Ruvain to pay money? Let's say they say that he borrowed the thousand dollars from a person and didn't pay it back. Then these false witnesses have to pay a thousand dollars. Who do they pay the money to? So Allah dictates that they must pay it to their intended victim. In this case, they would pay it to Ruvain. And the question is, why do the witnesses pay the victim? Why is the victim entitled to the payment? Why should this be any different from the penalty of murder or malchus from which the intended victim has no benefit? Kasha Zamam is a penalty imposed on the lying witnesses. This has nothing to do with the intended victim. Perhaps the witnesses should donate it to Tzedakah or pay it directly to Beisden. But why should the victim get the money? So Rabbi Yisrael Salanter says something so brilliant, and this gives us an amazing insight into the human psyche. The Torah says about the false witnesses, You shall do to him as he schemed to do to his fellow. Says Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, The witnesses did not merely scheme that their victim should lose money. They wanted him to pay money to another person, perhaps to his enemy. So they wanted to victimize him on two fronts. Number one, he should lose a thousand dollars. And number two, that his opponent should receive his money. So they wanted to oppress him two different ways. So in a death penalty case or Malchus, where there was only one nefarious intention, so by giving the witnesses lashes or putting them to death, that is an appropriate fulfillment of Kasha Zaman. They wanted him to die, so now they are put to death. However, in a monetary case, where there were two sinister intentions, so if the witnesses would just pay the money to Beisden, that would not be an adequate fulfillment of the command of Kasha Zama, because that only satisfies the first part, him losing the money, but not he giving the money to his enemy. So the only way to fully fulfill the mandate of Kasha Zamam is by paying the penalty directly to the intended victim. What an incredible idea from Rishrol Solanter. This halacha demonstrates the profound understanding of the human mind. A person would much rather part with his money by giving it to tzedakah or pay millions of dollars in taxes or even lose his money in a Ponzi scheme rather than pay even a small amount of money to an opponent. I should give my hard-earned money that rightfully belongs to me to someone else? That is much less tolerable for a person. He will fight tooth and nail to retain it.
There's a story told about a shaykha that came to Reb Chaim, about a shala that he had about a cow that he just slaughtered. Reb Chaim examines it thoroughly, and he tells the shaykha, I can probably find you a heter according to one shita, but I wouldn't advise you to eat the meat from this cow. The shaykha doesn't protest and immediately discards the animal. A few days later, the same shaykh shows up to Reb Chaim for a dintoyer with a litigant over a small amount of money. And he puts up a fierce battle, and he's combative, and he's arguing, and he's upset. And Reb Chaim asks him, I don't understand. Last week I told you that your animal may be a trefa, and you had a loss of $10,000 and not a word. Now you're about to lose a few hundred dollars and you go berserk? And he says, Rabbi, let me explain this to you. Last week, I lost to the Shulchan Aruch. Now, I'm about to lose to my opponent. Unfortunately, today, this is a common occurrence. People will spend enormous amounts of money in legal fees, sit in court, endure sleepless nights, just to defeat the other person, just to say, I won, just to be able to boast, I was right. The Lubavitcher Rebbe asked a very interesting question. Why do we see children fighting with each other? Or they'll say, Mommy, I hate you. I'm not your friend anymore. And within minutes, they're the best of friends again. On the other hand, we see adults have a small discrepancy. Family members can have a minor disagreement and be mortal enemies for life. So he says something so profound. Adults choose to be right over being happy. And children choose to be happy over being right. Adults would rather wallow in misery as long as they can say, I am right. We have to ask ourselves, do I want to stand on principle? Do I want to be right and be miserable or be mavater and be happy? To be happy or to be miserable, to suffer or not to suffer is a person's own decision. People rationalize, I'm standing up for what's right. I will not compromise. And this is all done in the name of defending the truth. It's a matter of principle, they say. But the reality is, they are destroying themselves and living a life of misery. We find families where decades later, the children and grandchildren are still fighting and not talking to each other. They're not participating in each other's simchas. And if you ask them, what's the origin of the machloikas? Either they don't remember, or they'll tell you something so absurd, so insignificant, like my great-grandfather didn't get an aliyah by someone's bar mitzvah. And now it's 40 years later and they're still fighting. There's still animosity. How ridiculous. Being right comes with dire consequences. Let them be right and wallow in misery. You choose to be happy. And now we know. Have a wonderful day.